jam your hearts together for Jesus and give him all the glory. Give him all praise. You can still do better. Please jam your hands together for Jesus. For Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Happy snow. <laughs> praise God. You know, there are things that you have control over or you don't have control over. What do you do? Celebrate it. If you are complaining, oh, snow has come, you have not started. You better go back to Ariara Street. <laughs> you celebrate it. You know, someone gave me an encouragement, and that is Sister Yemisi. She said, anytime she sees snow, she's excited. I said, wow, me too, I'm excited about it. <laughs> about snow, I have nothing to do about it. And it is the gift of God. Many of us, when we used to travel before you came, you always want to travel when there is snow, right? Oh, I want to see snow, isn't it? Didn't you say that? <laughs> Praise God. That was when you, you did not explain what it means to be in snow. You just, oh, those white things. I want to see it. Praise God. Today, by the grace of God, we are going to be looking at this word that the Lord gave me just after the last message. And I began to ask God, what is next, God? What will you have us share? with your people and the Lord said examine yourself and I was not surprised throughout this week even yesterday open heaven and it was two days ago Jill was talking about what examine yourself and I feel God had this message for someone that need to do something for what your expectations to come you know in companies we do what we call evaluation that's exactly what this is talking about. Examine yourselves. So the title of the message is Examine Yourselves. Let's go to the first, our text, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. I have two translations there just for us to understand it better. The Bible says, examine yourself, whether ye be in faith. Prove your own self. Not, no one will do it for you. And I, know, I want you to pay attention to that. The pastor can't do it for you. Your father cannot do it for you. You have to do it yourself. Say, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate. So those are big English, right? Let's look at it from Message Bible. He said, do what? Test yourself. To make sure you are solid in faith. <laughs> Don't drift along, taking everything for granted. Don't be careless. Don't be careless with your faith. Don't be careless with that issue of your life. Give yourself regular checkups. Give yourself regular checkups. How am I doing? Where am I? God, how do you see me? Am I what I said I am in your eyes? 
you need first earned evidence. Not mere hearsay that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, what do you do? Let me tell your neighbor, do something about it. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The command to examine ourselves began long ago from Genesis. And if you go through all through the Bible, that was the old Bible. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Test yourself. Evaluate yourself. Ensure you are in line with God. And whether you like it or not, it's going to continue until death. Or when rapture happens for each one of us. In Genesis 2, 16-17, we saw God there the moment he placed Adam in the garden. The first thing God told Adam, after he said, and the Lord put Adam in the garden, verse 14, and he said, verse 15, and he said, Adam, hear clearly. You may hit of every tree in this garden, but this, examine yourself that you do not hit it. No matter how the hungry, the hunger is, you must not touch that. We know the end of the story. And in Revelation 2, 2 to 5, and this is where I want us to start to pay attention. Jesus was talking to seven churches that represent us today. And when you go to verse 2, so I know that works, this is to the Ephesus church, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. Verse 3. And hast born and hast patience and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. For nevertheless now, you see, Jesus said, everything you guys are doing, you're perfect. Say, but, and that's the case of many of us. We are perfect in every other area. But, I have somewhat against thee. And what was that? You have left your first love. Every other thing, perfect. Now, verse, the next one, five. Remember therefore when thou hast fallen and repent and do the first work or else I will come unto thee quickly and I will remove thy candlestick out of the place except thou repent. In other words, there's a consequence. If you fail to, to examine yourself, you cannot stop the consequence from happening. And that is it. That you are avoiding examining yourself, it does not stop the consequences. No. And when you go to the Philadelphia church, it's a church that did everything right. Let us go to 3.8. Just quickly read that. 3.8, Revelation 3.8. Revelation 3.8. I want us to see that picture. This church, Philadelphia church, they were perfect. I know that was before. Behold, I have said before there an open door. You see Jesus saying that. And no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength. And has kept my word and has not denied my name. And Jesus said every other thing. Let's go to 11. 
11. Verse 11. Revelation 3, 11. Okay. Behold, this was the only thing Jesus asked them to examine. Behold, I come quickly. That faith you said you have, the devil is after it. What do you do? Hold it. They were perfect in everything, like many of us. But he said, that faith you said you have, the devil is after it. Hold fast what you have, that no man will take thy crown. That you are a child of God today. The only guarantee for you to be a child of God tomorrow is if you continuously examine yourself. And ends. Why we need to pay attention to this topic. Examine yourself. Because Jesus said in Revelation 22, 11 to 12, he said, he that is unjust, let him be unjust. And he that is filthy, let him continue. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And verse 12, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according to his works. So if you decide to examine yourself with reluctance, where it's left to you, that's what Jesus is saying. You do it faithfully, it's left to you, but just know that the consequence is coming. You do it partially or completely, the consequence is coming. You do it willfully or reluctantly, the consequences are coming. Please help me tell your neighbor, examine yourself. Tell the other person beside you, examine yourself. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So let's go to the next point I want us to discuss. What does examine yourself mean to you? Because the truth is we are on this journey together. What it is to me may not be what it is to you. And that was why I said, no man can do it for you. You got to do it for yourself. But if you are not doing it, be prepared for the consequence. A believer that is in backsliding state, you need to examine yourself and return back to your maker. You know the prodigal son in Luke 15, 17 to 20, he was the one that said, oh, come. I am me a rich man's boy. Son. See me in the midst of pigs. And he said, no. I will not arise. And I will go back to my father. And I will say, father, I have committed sin. Please have mercy on me. He examined himself and returned back to God. You know, when we say backsliding, many of us, we only think it's people that are backsliding are people that are no longer coming to church again. But that is not the case. Backsliding is a gradual thing. Anything you used to do, and you now say, oh, in those days, I used to read three chapters of the Bible a day. But now I no longer read anything. What are you? 
the backslider. Oh, in those days, I used to be in choir. Well, you know, we can sing that more than them. But today, what are you doing? A backslider. Anything you used to do and you have left your first love, like Jesus told the Ephesus church, you are in backsliding state. And God is saying, please examine yourself. You know the story of David in 2 Samuel 12, 1 to 13. David committed a sin from adultery to lying to murder and for months separated from God and he did not even know he has been cut off from God. For months. It took God just because of this mercy to remind David, David, you are no longer with me. You are in a backsliding state. Examine your way. You know, it even took God to make Nathan to use a parable for David to get the message. But thank God for David. The moment he realized, oh, so this is me. What did he do? He went flat on his face. Say, God, I am sorry. I don't know about you. No, we are treating this topic. The way it is to you is not the way it is to me. And I cannot help you. And you cannot help me. But God is saying, examine yourself. Romans 6, 1 to 2. Say, what shall we say then? Romans 6, 1 to 2. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You want God to restore you and you are far from him. It's not possible. You want God to restore you and instead of getting closer to him, you are moving backward from him. It's not possible. Remember our text. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sow, that shall he what? Trip. Let's go to the second part. A believer going through challenges and trials and delays. What examining yourself is saying to that person is, have you made attempt to find out the source of this challenge I'm going through, this denial I'm going through? What is the source? Is it God? And so it turns to what? Trial of faith. But I have a good news for you in Psalm 40. Verse 1, it said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. So if you examine yourself, you discover this issue in my life. It's God that allowed it to happen. What do you do? Rejoice. Rejoice. And know that the hand is definitely in view. It will surely come to manifestation whether the devil likes it or not. But don't stop there. If you ever determine by examining yourself that the source of your challenge is the devil. <clears throat> what does James 4, 7 say? 
Submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil. And what will happen? He will flee. But you that's supposed to resist the devil, you are drinking tea. And devil is the source of that delay. Is the source of that challenge. You will stay there for long. We need to tell ourselves the truth. You examine yourself, you know the source of this thing is the devil. Then don't give him any rest. Get him out of your life immediately. Whatever you need to do. And number three, there are what we call self-inflicted challenges. Self-inflicted challenges. Ecclesiastes 10 8. He said, He that diggeth the pit shall fall into it. And whoso breaketh an hedge, a serpent shall bite. You are living in disobedience. God is saying, Examine yourself. Hebrews 10.26 Hebrews 10.26 says if we sin we fully after we have received the knowledge of the truth there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. We're in a generation where people are celebrating sin. Where people are rationalizing and say, no, this thing God understands. No. Jesus Christ the same when? Yesterday, today, and when? Forever. Many people, it is when they have challenges, I even run from God. But the truth is, it is when you have challenges, you should be closer to God. You are living on forgiveness. Examine yourself. You refuse to restitute your ways. Examine yourself. You remember I told you this message. God told, told me to preach it. Even me myself, I'm still saying, God, please, show me myself. I don't know what it means to you. But as he has said, go preach it. I want you to examine yourself. So that you will be out and you will be in line with his will for your life. You have an unpaid vow or promises you have made to God you are yet to fulfill. Probably you said when I get to Canada I will do this, this and this. And you are yet to do it. God is saying examine yourself. Number three, a believer struggling with weaknesses. And I want, I'm going to be spending some time with this. And I will use Moses as a case study. So if you know a weakness in your life as a child of God, examine yourself is saying, know your weaknesses and deal with them before they will deal with you. Know your weaknesses, identify them, and deal with them before they will deal with you. Please go to the, the scripture. Let's go to Exodus 2, 11 to 12. Because of time, I'm going to jump, jump a bit. 
We all know Moses, a man close to God. God confessed, he will declare, that I speak to other people in parable. I speak to the bottom myself and Moses. I speak how? Mouth to mouth. Moses was that close to God. But Brother Moses had a weakness in his life. And it's called anger. It started in Exodus 2, 11 to 12, when he killed an Egyptian. He did nothing about it. But let's go forward to Exodus 32, 7 to 14. When the Israelites got to, okay, when they got to the wilderness, Moses had to go up. To go and seek the face of God. And we all know the story. The Israelites, they gathered and told Aaron, We don't know this God Moses is talking about. The man has spent too much time. Probably he's dead. We don't know. Please, here is our hearing. Here is everything. Go and make a golden calf for us. And Aaron obeyed. And God was angry. Who was angry? God. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go. Get thee down for thy people which thou broughtest. Now look at it. <laughs> In the anger of God, what did God say? Your what? Your people. In the other time, we say my people. But because they are already separated from him, he said what? Moses, you are the one that brought them, not me. Pay attention to that. God was in an angry position. And look at what God said for that. Which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Eight. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereon and said, This be thy God, O Israel, which have brought thee out of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen these people and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone. Now, this is God speaking. That my wrath may wax out against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make thee a great nation. This is God giving Moses free hand in his anger. Next. And Moses besought the Lord his God, and said, Lord, why dost thou wrath wax out against thy people? And Moses threw it back to God. They are not my people. They are who? Your people. This is Moses pleading on their behalf. Which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt. With great power and with a mighty hand. Next one. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say. For mischief did he bring them out. To slay them in the mountain. And to consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from their first rod. And repent of evil against thy people. This is Moses pleading with God that please, God, you can't do this. Don't make me only, I don't want to be another generation of Israel. No, please preserve these people. Next. Remember Abraham, Isaac, Israel, thy servant, to whom thou swearest by thy own self, and said, Unto them I will multiply your seed as the south of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto thy seed and they shall inherit it forever. The next one. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do to his people. Now, let's fast forward. I just show you that 
God was angry. Moses pleaded with God. God said, I will kill all these people. You know, God does not lie. Are you with me? He meant it. He said, I will kill all these people and I will raise a new Israel from you. Many people would jump at it, but Moses said, God, calm down, calm down. Don't do that. They will say, why do you couldn't take them to Canaan? And God said, oh, okay, 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 I've repented. But let's see this same brother Moses in Exodus 32, 19 to 20. You know, God saw what they have done and he was angry. Now when Moses himself saw what actually happened and it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses' anger did what? Wax odd. And he cast the table out of his hand and break them beneath the mouth. What was that table? A table that God wrote by his hand. The Ten Commandments, God wrote by his hand, gave it to brother Moses. God did not say, Moses, go and break those tables. Did he say that? But out of anger, Moses smashed those two tablets and they were broken. He pleaded with God and God what? Listening. But now it was his own. He couldn't control his anger. Next one. Next one, please. And it came to pass as, as soon as he came now onto the camp. No, please, let's go to the next one. 20. And he took the calf which he has made, burnt it with fire, ground it to powder, strawed it upon the water, and he fed the children of Israel with that. Now, God did not tell Moses to do all this. But because of his, was what? Angry. He broke the handwriting of God. If you see it later, Moses never said, God, I am sorry. I broke your tablet. That tablet came from God. He never said it. And you know the end of the story. Now let's go to Numbers 28 to 11. And like my father and the Lord says, he said, the devil saw that weakness in Moses. And he said, ah, this boy, I will catch you. So you could be angry like this, I will catch you. And he reserved it to truncate the purpose of God for the life of Moses. We all know the story. Numbers 28. God said, Moses, speak to the rock. But brother Moses, because he was angry, what did he do? He struck the rock twice. And because of that, what happened to him? He lost the fulfillment of God's purpose for his life. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Now, when you reflect on that, what we just read now, Moses, as close as he was, he never examined himself that, oh, this anger will destroy me. God, please take it from me. He never prayed that prayer for one second. But he said, God, I want to see your glory. I say, oh, you want to see my glory? See it. If you say, God, deliver me from this anger. Will God do it or not? Did he do it? You know your weakness. Have you dealt with that weakness? Please examine yourself. Please examine yourself. Because you don't know what the devil is packaging. 
for you. Moses could not get to Canaan land just because of a weakness he failed to deal with. That the final one, a believer waiting for the Lord. We remember the, those ten virgins, five of them wise, five of them not wise. They were all waiting for the Lord. But five of them examined themselves and got extra hard. But the remaining five did what? They, they were careless about it, like our text. Said, so don't take everything for granted. They were careless about it. Said, we don't need any extra. And you know the rest of the story. And today, whether you like it or not, <clears throat> just like it happens to Moses, a lot of men of God, you see anointings happening, signs and waters, miracles happening, but what God is far from them. Note that when, even when Moses struck the rock twice, did water come out or not? Uh -huh. If you don't fear God, you better fear this God. And, and more this is why we need to pray for our pastors. Water still came out. But what happened to Moses? Moses, yes, water has come out. Come here. Your head is not correct. You are not getting to Canaan land. Simple. Simple. It's as simple as that. Please, I'm repeating it again. You know that's something you are struggling with. Please repent. And do everything to overcome it. Deal with that weakness before that weakness will deal with you. Now let's look at the, the last part of the message. What are the strategies for effective self-examination? Number one, be passionate and continuously seek to know and do God's perfect will in all areas of your life. In Isaiah 30, 20-22, say, and thy and thou, though the Lord give thee the bread of adversary and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teacher be removed into a corner anymore. But thy heart shall see thy teachers, and thy ear shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left. In other words, please ask questions. Ask for clarifications. That is how to examine yourself. Don't die in silence. You know you are struggling with something. Please open up to God. Open up to people that can guide you, that can counsel you. Don't go and truncate your destiny. Examine yourself and take the right step. You know the story of Abraham. Abraham, because... He failed to ask God, God, should I listen to what Sarah said? He didn't ask God. He did not examine himself. And what did he do? He went to do what he was not supposed to do. And we know the rest of the story. And that was what happened between Genesis 16 and 17. A space of 13 years. There was no record of what Abraham, the man of faith, did. Just because what? 
he failed to say, God, should I do this? If you fast forward and you go later, by the time Sarah said, oh, Abraham, this boy Ishmael is not going to live in this house with, with my son. Send him out. Before Abraham will ask, what did God say? Abraham, listen to your wife. If Abraham asked God and examined himself, that God should I listen to Sarah or not, God would have said, no, Abraham, stay. Don't do it. I pray the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And number two, be open to godly correction, criticism, advice, and immediately respond to all divine instruction, divine prompting, and direction. These are to examine yourself. Listen to messages. Listen to people that are speaking to your life. You have an issue in your life you are struggling with. Go ahead and listen. Be open to correction. When our first pastor is preaching on the altar, says, oh, pastor is talking about me. Why not about you? They make the right correction. Oh, it's because I know this about me. That's why it's doing. Then make the right correction. It's not about the pastor, but about you. Make the right change that you need to do. In James 1, 22-24, James 1, 22-24, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving who? Yourselves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man that went to the mirror. You know our, our women, wonderful women. You see in the mirror, by the time you do all the pancake, and you saw that you have one dot here that is not supposed to be there, and you just went to office like that. Do you do that? You remove it. You remove it. That's what the Bible is saying. When you know something's wrong and God has shown you, you have heard it, please make necessary change. Not because of God, but because of who? Because of you. You remember Abraham? When you go to Genesis 17, 1 to 3, the moment, I, I want to believe Genesis 17, 1 to 3, I want to believe that those 13 years that we did not hear anything about Abraham and God, Abraham was busy crying unto God. God restored my relationship with you. I want to believe that. Because the moment God appeared, after 13 years, the first thing God said, Abraham, yeah, you are now 90 years old. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God whom you have been calling on. And I've decided to have mercy on you. Walk before me and be perfect. I go to verse 3. And you see what Abraham did. For you to know he has been praying. He has been seeking God. He has been examining himself. And Abraham did what? Fell on his face. And God talked with him. You see? Abraham used those immortality cry, just like Geo said, when he was separated because of pride on the, on the pulpit. He said, he said, God, please restore me. Restore me. I want to be able to hear you again. You know that story about Geo? He said, God, please restore me. And he said, God, I know what you want. If I'm going to commit sin tomorrow, kill me today. And God said, yes, you got it. And God restored him. 
Remember I said, what examine yourself is to you may not be what it is to me. I don't know about you, but please heed to this instruction. And finally, never think or assume never think or assume but prove all things and be sure you are in line with God's perfect will. Don't assume all is well when it is not well. Be sure. Don't think. Be sure all is well. Give all benefit of doubt unto God. Many of us, we are living a life of confusion. Because you saw one child of God doing something, and you have been wishing, oh, I wish I can do this thing. You know, I tell people, if today, God forbid, thank God, as mommy don't, don't do that. Or let, me, let me use mommy Gio. If mommy Gio began to wear mini skirt on the altar today, what do you think will happen? The whole church will be filled with what? That is it. Some people live their life like that. But that should not be. You are here to serve who? God. But many people are patterning their life the way they see somebody just because they have been wishing, oh, I wish I can be allowed to do this here. Oh, I wish I wish I can serve God this way. No. No. I'm going to tell you two, two probably two because of our time. Just one story. One of the stories that challenged me to do this examining myself every day. And it's an everyday issue. Because it's all about your heaven. You know, Joe shared a story with us about Daddy Akindayomi. That he said, while he was here on her, you know, he could not write. So in the drive for him to propagate the gospel, he saw the tract that another church did. And he told the members that please help me reproduce this tract. And put the name, the logo of Redeem on it, so that we can be able to win souls. Papa does not know what they call copyright, right? Doesn't know anything about copyright. But you just have a passion to what? To preach the gospel. And the pastor that saw the, that pastor saw the track that oh, this man used my write-up and he put the logo of Redeem on it. He went and said, no, you can't do this. And so he took all the tracks that were done and burnt it. And so Baba was very hungry. He said, how can a man of God do this? A track that should win so. You are burning it because the logo of your church is not on it. So of course, you know, for God's sake, Baba was angry. I did not release that man in his heart. How can a man of God do this? But you know what happened? On the deathbed of Baba, he actually went. He died. God had to return him back. Life story. And because of what? So when he opened his eye back, go and reconcile with that man. An incident that happened long ago. And he said he took this step, reconciled with the man, and that was why he gave up finally. Life story. And another story about himself. Now I'm telling you some of the things that is helping us to move in this journey and not be distracted to do everything we need to do. He said himself, he went to God, God, I want to see my house in heaven. 
how does my house look like in heaven? And he said, God said, I can't show you. He said, why? Because you have a restitution that you are yet to do. And what was it? Go and tell your wife, all our friends that you slept with before you gave your life to Christ. And he said, he felt, I don't need to do this, I'm born again. But he said he had to open up to the wife. That yes, I befriended this, your friend, that, that, and that. And that was it, he restituted with the wife. And God opened his eyes to see. Why am I telling you this story? This race we are on. After all this we have been doing of to God, one little thing will deny you of heaven. Please examine yourself. Let's be on our feet. I believe God has spoken what he wants to speak to us. We're going to use this to pray. You know, Apostle Paul, you know, he's the one that very disciplined himself. Highly disciplined man. He said, I don't know about you. And that's what I'm telling you today. No, this type of message is not popular because we are not saying you are going to be rich. No. I don't know about you, but I am running hard for the finish line, and that is ever. I am giving it everything I have got. I'm not careless about it. No. No sloppy living. I'm not living sloppily. No. I am staying alert in top condition. I am not going to get caught sleeping. Telling everyone else about it and they're missing out. God forbid. I want to go ahead and say, God, please help me. What is that area of my life that needs a change? What is that thing that would deny me of heaven? Help me, what Lord are those Jesus. things that have truncating my blessing? God, please open my heart to see them and help me to make the necessary change. Lord, open my heart to see them and help me to make the necessary change. Whatever change I need to make, so that I will not truncate my destiny. Jesus. Lord, please help me to make them. I don't want to get to heaven. Jesus. On the gate of heaven, that is when I will know the truth. No. Jesus. Reveal who I am to me. Jesus. That I may make necessary change. Jesus. 